0: If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Welcome back, everyone, to The Art of Entrepreneurship. Today we have another new guest and a great conversation Mike Peregidov, the founder and CEO of a company called Wiz which is renting electric bikes to delivery drivers in New York. It is a really cool model. The company was founded 18 months ago, and they have been growing every single month since, even in seasonality, even in an up and down economy lately. And One thing that I love about this conversation is how freaking humble Mike is. You'll hear it in the conversation, but it is very cool that he's exited a couple times, figured out how to raise money, and he ever so humbly will give you advice on how to grow in a competitive market, sell and market your product or service, and raise funds if that's something that you're going for. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Hey, JK. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. So, We're going to get right into it. I know there are a lot of companies that are struggling to grow right now. I mean, we work with lots of different kinds of companies at my marketing agency. We work with a lot of businesses that are trying to raise funds too. And it's just, it's an interesting time with the economy and some companies that are doing layoffs and slashing budgets, yet... I meet you. I looked at your LinkedIn and I see your chart, your growth chart, which was what did it say? 13 consecutive months of growth since inception. And I think that you said that's now 18. Yeah. What is the secret to grow during this time?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's true. We are we are kind of lucky because we started company 18 months ago and we are growing like literally every month since that uh on 10 tens of percent every month. But um, I mean it's kind of a lot of luck in that, I would say. So finding this product market fit thing, it still remains a magic. If any kind of other, other, you know, aspects of business are already have any kind of playbooks and instructions, et cetera. So finding... Searching for product market fit is still a, a little bit of magic in this. Uh, and uh, I think we were just lucky uh, with this. Also, our previous experience helped because both me and my co-founders, we this is not our first company. So we started and successfully exited two, two companies previously. So we have some experience in that. And so we just uh, saw the right niche and entered it in the right time. And then it just you know started growing.
0: like that you um, have exited two companies and you call yourself lucky. I think that's very (sighs) humble because I think a lot of people would be like, I exited two companies, so I know the formula. So I love that. It's a great place to start. Um, How did you go about finding product market fit? Because you have a pretty specific market that you're selling into.
1: Talking about luck, I'd say this is luck because before starting this company, I actually started another one that failed which was like in between these companies so the first company i built was a success and i exited it successfully then i started another one and it failed so because just simply because we didn't find a product market fit so i'd say the the right way here is to behave. to behave here is just to to stop doing it if you do if you don't have product market fit there, just stop doing it and start something else. So that's yeah. what I did. I, I failed, it was painful, it was really, really painful. We we did it for 12 months. It was a company in online education, it didn't work at all. So what we actually did, we just stopped operations in this company and we had some investments on in our bank account, and we started this company, a new one, which which is work, which is working great. So speaking about product market fit. I mean yeah our our previous companies they they were kind of in the same space. I built my my previous company in a food delivery space which is a kind of different but uh also in a delivery space and my co-founders they actually built exactly the same model as Wiz but in another region in Europe. So they they were just, you know, came here and to New York and okay, we can do it here and we just joined our, you know, forces and efforts yeah. and started
0: That's amazing. Okay. So your business does not seem to suffer from seasonality, at least so far, which I think is really interesting because electric bikes for delivery drivers, you would think, especially in New York, that there might be some seasonality to that. How do you go about successfully marketing and selling both in this economic environment and with potential seasonality with the company?
1: Yeah, we actually do have seasonality. We don't feel it right now because we have this low base effect because we're just starting and the base of our customers is too small. That That's why we grow even when during the low season. But mm-hmm. we do have in New York, actually, people, we, we have a low season in winter because um, that's interesting because in delivery space, it should be we can think that uh winter can be a high season because people don't want don't want to get out of the you know apartment and they order a lot but on the other hand there are there is a shortage in the on the supply side so delivery drivers they just don't want to work in winter when it's cold right. so winter is a low season in new york and uh summer especially and actually may is probably the highest season so what we do with that is uh well, we we just adjust our marketing channels, and uh, when it's low season, we put a little bit more in marketing. When it's high season, and we have a not, we don't have problems with demand, and we have some issues with supply side. We usually work on margins more, so not on growth, but on margins. So it's like you know we it.
0: I think that a lot of companies I see them when their business is slow, that's when they're cutting marketing budgets. And I think that is, I mean, I've preached on LinkedIn over and over again how I think that is the wrong move because you're cutting off your nose to spite your face, right? Like why yeah. why cut your marketing and sales budgets when your company is running slowly? What gives you the confidence to ramp it up? Is it past experience or tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Well, actually, uh we don't have an, a lot of confidence in that. We're just trying to do it. being <laughs> honest. This is maybe our main value. Probably one of the only values we have is just let's let's grow fast and let's change fast. Uh, so I don't know. We just commit to growth, and I don't know. We take risks. And I don't, I don't think we have a lot of confidence. It's, it's all, it's always about concerns, like what should we do. But yeah, uh, you're right. When we, when we grow slowly in on the low season, we just put more force in marketing, and when it's high season, we work on margins more. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works.
0: Well, on that topic, I suspect that managing cash is pretty big for you guys as you raised funds and you're working to grow the company. How do you decide as an early stage founder kind of what matters, what doesn't, and what you should be spending more and less on?
1: This type of business, as with, it doesn't have any kind of network effects. It's not a software company, an IT company or something like that. I mean, we have our own software, ERP system, etc. but it's an operational business. No network effect here. It's not high margins. It's very operational. And uh, it should be very, very lean. So uh, when I say we can easily budget on marketing, it doesn't mean we do it easily in, in the other areas of the business. So we are very, very lean company. And we always... Think uh, about costs and you know control it very very well. Marketing is an investment. We can just you know start it and then stop it. It's like an investment. But all the direct and variable costs of business, we are very very you know lean on that and we control it very very well. So I think it, it the idea here is to not confuse where you could easily put budget and try something new and where you could not put anything and be as lean as possible. So. Some sometimes people might might may confuse it. And that's actually the art of doing operationally effective business, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What areas of business do you think that companies need to focus on being lean in?
1: It's first of all, it's just culture. And uh I, I have to say, I'm very lucky person. I have co-founders uh, as I have, because they are very good at operational side, very experienced. And just in terms of, you know, behavior, character, Uh it's, they just, you know, ha- having pleasure of, you know, making things very, you know, effective, efficient. I'm more about growth, uh, about like, let's do it. Uh, let's put a lot of, Budget on that on something, but I have a co-founders who say like, okay, uh, here we don't do that, etc. So any any direct costs, uh, like the bike price, spare parts price, I don't know any kind of variable cost like customer support, like bike mechanics repairs, maintenance, everything should be very lean so we could have more margins to spend on marketing and growth. So uh-huh. like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's uh, yeah, and it's very like I said, it's very cultural things, and uh, that's why it's really hard to change it later. If, for instance, if we think like, okay, we now have funds, we now have uh, raised equity, so we can do it not that lean, we we will change it later. It will not work uh, because it's a cultural thing. Uh, you you should you should be very lean from the from day one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I have a CFO for a husband and whenever I, and I'm very growth oriented. And so whenever I'm like, let's spend money on this or let's hire this person or let's do this sales initiative. He's like, where's that money coming from? What's the ROI going to be on it? You know, he's asking all the questions and I'm like, "Ugh, it's so yeah. good to have him around, but you know, yeah, I that's just actually wanna...
1: how, it, that's how it works with my co-founders actually. Yeah.
0: I love that. That's when you said how you're in your and your co founder relationships were that I was like, that sounds like me and my <laughs> husband. So, very similar. Successful
1: theme, I guess. Yeah.
0: I, I agree. Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about funding. I have seen some just amazing product companies that can't raise money right now and that are having a really hard time. What do you think makes a startup investable? And what did your company do in order to raise successfully?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, nowadays, it's not it's not easy to get capital, both dilutive, non-dilutive. I mean, I, I don't have any silver bullet here. I would just say that, you know, trust is that helps. And we are lucky to be second-time founders. We have some kind of network and some kind of, you know, reputation. And we also have investors who are, are very happy to be our first investors in our previous companies so they mm-hmm. were they, like, each of them put, put their you know investment in this new company and they brought some other investors so it's more like about reputation credibility and previous history and well in the end it's all in, in hard times it's all about trust Because, you know, nowadays, trust is, you know, the most valuable currency we have. Also traction, for sure. So traction plus trust is what works today. But it's easy to say that, but you firstly should get this traction and get this trust. And there are no easy ways to get it.
0: So how did you go about developing those relationships when you were raising for your first company?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well it it was much more difficult but traction helps also yeah. in this case uh so if you are lucky to find a product market fit like everybody loves this charts you know that are growing constantly if you have this chart in your deck or in your one pager it will help a lot and if you have like i don't know any kind of communication skill and just some persistence and if you can build a process around fundraising then you will raise uh, in the end it, it just will take much more time and effort than you think uh it will so what we are doing, except uh, product, market, feed, traction and trust, actually, we have built a process around fundraising and it's very, you know, um, I don't know, it's, it's it's a very strict process. We have CRM system. I dedicate like, I don't know, 50% of my time to that when we raise and um, we build relationships with people like we send monthly updates. Our monthly updates are very beautiful, you know, and not only charts, but everything there. They're very honest. They're very, you know, insightful. Uh, also, I mean, we have the whole CRM process around it and we know that it takes time. So for instance, if I have a Zoom call with investor, I don't think that he will put a check like next week. I think it will happen like in a six months or eight months or nine months after that. So, and and, and that's, that's why we should just be persistent. I don't know, inform about our success and in the end, they will do that.
0: Persistent. Yeah, that makes sense. So we are coming to the end of our time. I know we talked about a lot of different things today. If you had one main takeaway, one lesson for anyone that is listening today, what would it be?
1: Yeah. Uh, so probably it would go from my experience. If you start a company and it doesn't work, It doesn't mean that you're a bad entrepreneur or something like that. It's just you didn't find product market fit. It happens. It happened to me. Um, Just stop doing this and start another idea. And actually that's what really matters in the end. So once again, if you don't have product market fit, if it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that you're a bad founder or bad entrepreneur. It, it, It means that this particular idea doesn't work, but another one will. And just make another attempt. And it probably will work.
0: Yeah, everyone fails. And it's important to have faith in yourself above all, because if you don't have faith in yourself, then no one else is going to.
1: That's a hard part. But yeah, that's definitely.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed our chat today, please share this with just one person that could learn something from this episode and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.